Hello, Paul here, aka Alessandra. This is a long one, so I'll keep it short. Oh, wait a minute. What's this? A letter addressed to me. Hold up. Dear Paul, please, 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 please could you do, do this week's intro? We've been working overtime recently, and as you know, Mike really does like to get his money's worth. Frankly, we're knackered. I just wish he'd pipe down for a bit. Thanks very much, Mike's vocal cords. Just as well, then. Don't say we didn't warn you. Please enjoy episode 65, Purple Drain. It's quite good you posted on social media earlier, because actually I'd completely forgotten we were supposed to be playing until like half past, <laughs> half past oh. seven. I thought, better eat. Oh, good. <laughs> well, there we are. It looms large. <laughs> it does. It looms large in the mind. There's me on my train back from London thinking, God, I better make it. God, I'm a bit worried if I'm going to make it in time. Turn up. Nobody knows that we're here. Nobody knows we're playing. Um, now, um, we have an interesting situation. I don't think we need to recap um, particularly. How are things? Oh, should we do? Should we peer into Paul's engorged sack, sack yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and do the mailbag? Well, I had a look. Yeah, it's not a pretty sight. So. It's no, it's not a pretty sight. Um, we've had a very nice comment on episode thirty-nine, which is the one with the argument in the cave about the gems and <laughs> all that stuff. Oh, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, I just could not depart your site before suggesting that I extremely loved the usual information a person providing your guests. Oh, is going to be back nice. often in order to check up on new posts. <laughs> That's from Earn Online, uh, which is an odd name, called the 70s Earn, isn't it? Anyway, well, I think want... that's very helpful. Right. Okay, let's start. Let's think about the situation we are in. You, I'm saying it is just past a little after 11 o'clock at night on the evening of Sunday, the 28th of Fumbulary. So your bout is at nine o'clock tomorrow morning, if I've, my memory serves me correctly. So you've got still got quite a bit of time if you again this is everything is up to you but if i remember your discussion from last week it was kind of it went along the lines of we probably want to be in bed by midnight for our eight hours rest to be ready by eight o'clock tomorrow to give ourselves a bit of wiggle room does that was that fair enough Mm, yeah it's a pretty good recap so what are we going to do you've got time to still do stuff um you've got this pipe uh, buggy is sort of let's say two thirds has crawled two thirds of the way down and has discovered this sort of cyst uh, chamber this um, kind of cylindrical chamber pretty much full of awful grub probably this awful Ulgostasta creature that you've heard heard about from Eligos when she was talking about the apostolic scrolls yeah that's right so she she says thank you for linking those two things together yeah she I says hadn't. the apost- right she says the apostolic scrolls or she warned that the apostolic scrolls in her understanding could be used to summon this kind of gargantuan undead worm which, beast thing which is this obviously looks been like summoned that's already. what's going on there probably is this a recap, too much Mike? of a coincidence yeah say again is this a recap no, I'm just uh, we're just chatting with it. Sounds suspiciously like a recap. <laughs> and then you've got a door with screaming behind it. Mm. That's pretty much your two options in this little area under the wine cellar. Do we think we can use the wine, pour it down this pipe, and then set the light to the grub? You might be able to. What? How are you 
looking for things like hit points, spells, don't resources. Need brandy or something. I don't think I've used fire wine. Wine. I think I've wine used just one well spell, and I'm on four hit points. And you're in pretty good nick, and you've got. Actually, I've used two minutes. spells. Let's say it's ten past eleven. Fifty minutes is a long time in D and D world. Yeah. Don't know what you want to do. I'm going to be a real party pooper here because I wasn't here last week. You're not leaving but, now, are you? No, no. Do we not think it would be a good idea at this point to actually go and find Eligos and tell her? No. Before we start engaging this no. massive creature. No, of course, you were at the North Pole last week, weren't you, Lucas? Yes. If you are the real Lucas, of course. Well. But, but aren't we sort of semi-confined keep... to the gladiatorium? We're not, are we allowed to wander off? Johnny, you're right. That Your sense is that once you enter the um, uh, arena for the games that's kind of it and graham you don't think wine's flammable enough to in alcohol content mm, yeah no i don't know have you ever tried setting fire to wine don't think you yeah, so I, I wouldn't have thought so so we could just i can't water, imagine then. this is going to be sort of like affected by just a little bit of fire there's brandy upstairs there's brandy i mean that we certainly could try i mean if we're going to attack this thing, then surely we've got to go all guns blazing with fireballs and God yeah. knows what. Yeah, that's what a bit, we do. A bit of brandy and a and a lighter. No, no, sound. there's a there's a cellar of, uh, you know, I was thinking of pouring the whole lot down and then setting a light to it. It can't get out, just as a starter. You think anyway. it can't get out? Well, it's just big stuck in a big We'd... chamber, isn't so it? So this well, basically... Yeah, but we don't pl- know any of the rest of the chamber. Yeah, but it's bound to be an it's opening at the top. bound to be a huge, yeah... They're going to release this into the arena. It's going to infect all the crowd. Yes, for the benefit of the uh, reader. Hello, reader. Good evening. Um, I've put in on our map this chamber with a an admittedly slightly friendly-looking grub um, yes. figure. The, the very hungry more... caterpillar. Yeah, okay. It looks, like a, <laughs> it looks like some sort of thing from a story. Yeah. <laughs> How big is this thing? Well, I mean, it's well, this is the thing. So, the, the, uh, admittedly, the budget wouldn't stretch. To, yeah. the, <laughs> to a full, the full thing, yeah. no, fills the chamber up to about two feet. Buggy, it can only so Buggy's view of the chamber is actually just the view of the end of the pipe, the aperture opening, and then a sort of as it were a wall of grub. He can sort of infer the size of the chamber a little bit from how this thing moves about. It's pulsing, yeah, pulsating, and you can kind of see weird movements inside its flobbly segmented form. So this is only representative. You you can't see the boundaries of the chamber, and we're from where Uncle Buggy is. He, this pipe is slightly sloping down, right? So and he can't see if this chamber has got a roof, for example. He's not close enough to get that kind of view. May I? I know you don't like me recapping, but I think you would probably be a bit cross with me if I didn't remind you that when you have thrown light pebbles and indeed a normal pebble down this tube. Uh, in a sort of moment of experimentation, they both bounced back before they got to the end of the tube off some sort of invisible, I don't know, barrier. Force. Rub, uh, rubbery barrier it's that in you a protective get. sheath. You don't know, but I'm just, I just, <laughs> or you know. A platinum, uh, or a gelatinous cube. Well, that was one of your suggestions. It would be a very small gelatinous cube if it is fitting in the part of the pipe that, right, before the, the, before the chamber. But it could be. It, but it could be, yeah. It's in some kind of... Um, I don't know. If you throw a pebble at a gelatinous cube, doesn't it just sort of go... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Like Graham just stand there with his spirit guardians and it's, just whittle it down. It's surrounded in some kind of... What could you try? Ammonious... No, what's it called? 
but that's well, there's a sort of yeah, no, no, there audience. is a sort of it could be some sort of awful um, malevolent amnion, amnio, amniosac. Yeah, yes. if that's what you're, yeah, an uh, awful uh, amniotic, amniotic sac. That's the word. It I'm could reading. be that, or it could be yeah. something. It could be something else. You don't. You haven't interacted with it. It, so it could be. We know. could try. Is it a caterpillar it or a worm? It's a basically. It's a grub. I think the thing. I think where I've gone with this in terms of my mind and the description I've got is witchetty grub, but the size of um, a bus. A bus. <laughs> a bus. How how long? Well, I mean, not, well, I mean, it's this chamber looks like it's twenty five feet across. So this, what you can see of it. Yeah. I mean, you don't know whether or not it's vertical, and you're looking at the side of it, right? Yeah. Or if okay. it's curled up. Like the poo is this emoji, and you're looking the at the wall of it. I, I don't know. I've never seen Quatermass in the pit. Oh, so oh have you not? Weird film. Yeah, it's good. <gasps> God, that um, frightened the life out of me, that film. I had nightmares for days. How old were you? I, I don't know, nine Six. or something? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was <Okay>. like... <laughs> it would have to do... Out. I was taken yeah. to see Dougal and the Blue Cat when I was four. And that was <laughs> my formative fear moment that oh, I mine, still can't no, clear mine, in my mind. Mine was Wizard of Oz. I had, to be, oh, I had to be God, taken out the wing, of the room. The winged monkeys. Yeah. yeah. This worm is enormous, but it might be standing on its end in a very tall yeah. silo, or it might be curled up in a sort of spherical thing. But you, again, you're not right. close enough to find out. Right. Well, and then, of course, you've got the door with the terrifying screaming behind so, it. So Graham could just stand here and whittle away at this. <laughs> yeah, which you keep reminding yourself. So why don't we do it? I'm just, all I'm doing is I'm just saying you've got, you know, you're making a decision about what, how to spend your next 50 minutes. Uh, uh, okay. So, you could spend your next 50 minutes getting back to the scene to be. Uh, so is, is Graham's thing having any effect? Graham's thing isn't anywhere near it yet, surely. No, no I think well, it might be in. I think my yeah. thing is um, it's clearly getting close to it. Shall I move, advance? Yeah, just move up. And... Yeah, move up a bit and then suddenly... Oh, I don't want to go into the uh, the tube of... Don't want to go any further than no, that. No, just not. No, that's, that's, that's about close <laughs> Certainly enough. not. Yeah, no, I'll go. Okay. So, so you're all clustered around in this room with this apparatus, apart from Alessandra, who is hiding around the corner. I presume this is because Paul, uh, dear reader, Paul has had to disappear off briefly to take more pills because Paul is being, um, I don't know, he's steadily morphing from a human to a machine, isn't he, over the course of... I think he is, and I think the drugs that facilitate that um, that metamorphosis uh, are yeah. having an effect. I've requested Robocop. Yeah. Yes, he's, he's more going, machine than man yeah. now. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah. So Alessandra's hiding. Okay, Buggy is. So Buggy, you've. I've bugged you're... out. I've gone to the co- gone out the room yeah. to the corner by Alexandra. Cool. You've bugged out. He's bugged out. Well, I'm not this, defending this worm, the. Uh... This worm is pulsing, but it's not reacting to you. You don't get the sense that it's like, ooh, what's this? If worm, is I don't know what worms sound like. But I'm sure they don't sound like that. Okay, I'm going to tie a rope round myself to one of these barrel things in this room with the machinery, and then shuffle a little bit down the tube and see whether the spirit guardians annoy it. Uh, The spirit guardians, very brave. The spirit guardians, I am sorry to say, don't seem to annoy it in sessions. They don't seem to to, uh, um, whirl past this point that you've established where the light pebble bounced back from. Okay, well in that case I I decide that that was very brave and that's brave enough and I'll move myself back into the centre of the party, untying (coughs) myself. 
Um, and I will one relay other this detail that we discussed last time, which I've not again because we haven't had a recap because you find them so annoying. But again, <laughs> uh, maybe I should just you might get cross with me if I then later. Yeah, you know, it's going to be a recap. Is that though that this chamber is lit by some sort of crackling evil green energy from somewhere? If you remember, I have a sea invisibility running. Um, you do fine. Yeah, cool. and yes. I threw the the pebble, and I didn't see anything. It just bounced off nothing. It bounced off nothing. There's not like an invisible... Oh, I see your question. Yeah, no, there's not like somebody's um, put a little barrier across the thing and then turned it invisible. No. Whatever it is that's a barrier is, in fact, not visible rather than invisible. I will do a detect magic. A detect down magic. that corridor. Down the pipe. Down the pipe. Five yeah. by five. Okay. Um, well, yes. <laughs> yes, there's magic. What do I, what loads do I and it? loads and yes. loads of magic. Um, what do you learn about it? Well, what do you learn about it? Um, uh, um, help me. Help me. For the duration, you sense the presence of magic within 30 feet of you. If you sense magic yeah. in this way, you can use your action to see a faint aura around any visible creature or object in the area that bears magic. And you learn its school of magic, if any. The spell can penetrate most barriers, but it is blocked by one foot of stone, one inch of common metal, a thin sheet of lead, or three feet of wood or dirt. Right. I certainly the thing that's stopping you find out finding out any more is magical. Yeah. Uh, and it's an abjuration, a strong abjurative and necromantic aura seems to be filling the end of the pipe and rather blocking your ability to peer further with your detect magic, as it were, into the chamber. It's that thing that I was, I'm interested in, yeah. though. And it doesn't show up. It doesn't, you know, I can't see You don't see get an aura. aura. What it says, I think, in your spell, it says visible things. You yes, can see an aura. It does. So, so it's not a visible thing. So you can't see an aura. It's not visible. It's not invisible. It's just... No, you can't see it, but it's not... The reason you can't see it is not because it's got an invisibility cast on it. No. Well, it's not. It's not invisible. So, see invisibility. Not doesn't. You've been just guessing. You've been guessing. Wall of force. Abjuration. Uh, and it has an abjuration aura. You can't throw things past it. It's the, the only thing that's a little odd is you, none of you are great scholars of magic, or pretty much none of you are great scholars of anything. But your recollection of a, of such a spell as a wall of force is that you're talking about something that's like glass. We're I mean, not glasses in yeah, yeah. fragile, but yeah. like something that's yeah, like. And this is not like that. So if it is a wall of force, it's a sort of weird wall of force with a very strong necromantic... Um, there's a very strong yeah. necromantic element going on. So yeah, this, there you go. this spell is basically some kind of godly level uh, environment which is summoned, has summoned or is in the process of summoning and growing this thing which they're going to release I mean, at some point. Basically, you're not. Yeah, you're, that, I'm not going to. I'm not going to contradict you if right. that's your if that's your estimation. I can, conf I can neither confirm or deny. What I think is that the answer is somewhere else. I don't think this is... I think this is the thing that we now have to try and stop. And we have to find the scrolls, I would imagine. Yes, I, I mean, you're right. So do we want to figure out what's behind the shouty door? Or do you think that's just oh, another... Yeah. Right, it's it's just a disaster a waiting to happen. I think that's a disaster waiting to happen. I think anything's I don't a disaster waiting to happen. I think we need to investigate. That's have we looked down the well? We have looked down the well. You've looked down the well. I mean, it it, it drops. Uh, let me refresh uh, my and your memory. It looked like it was a place where they just drop rubbish. Yeah, it looks like it's where they drop stuff that they don't want. I mean, it looks like it's a sort of, sp uh, and it seems to drop straight down to what sounds like running water. So maybe it drops into a bit of natural underground 
stream or rivulet, or maybe it drops down to the sewers or something. I mean, you don't quite work, couldn't quite work. Your geography of this place is whatever, but you feel like you're still inside the ring, right? Even though you're in a weird bit that you didn't realise was there. I mean, do the sewers run in that area? You, you, that's not your experience. It could be a way out, though. How could far well down does out. it seem to go? Um, it's about, it looks about 15 feet, you can see, um, before it, there, you, you, you look down 15 feet and you can see water flowing um, to your sort of north. I mean, you don't really care about this, but northwest, mm-hmm. yes, past the bottom of the chute. Um, and that water, you can infer, therefore, that there is a slope because otherwise the water would not be flowing. Yeah. So I mean, 15 only, feet, did you say? It's only 15 feet, yeah. I think that the uh, screaming is possibly where the uh, scrolls are. And I think the big worm thing is the big worm thing. And those are two things we're going to have to deal with, interrupted by doing bouts of combat above. Because I... it kind of makes sense. The well, banshee how, if, protecting if, if, the scrolls. How would we get past this aura? This aura with, the, with, the, with the big worm? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No idea. This, this it could be another way in com- at a different level. Yes, above exactly. Or below. Yes, exactly. That's what I think. I guess the question I think that we that, don't really I, but know is, I think the whole the area chamber, will be protected. Is the chamber specially constructed or you know, why is there this little side passage into it that's blocked off? Feeding? Has anyone got any kind of investigate wizard eye type things? The, the, the apparatus that this pipe forms part of looks like it's, I mean, you, you think it looks like it's something to do with pumping water or some kind of heating system that's been long neglected you don't think you're looking at something that's been built recently for this purpose you think you're looking at something that happens to connect into something just so happens i mean you don't know what this chamber that this worm is in may have originally been made for burple you're heading back down to the, the terrifying screamy door yeah tell me about this screaming what kind of screaming is it well it it's it's it sounds like it's loud screaming it would be loud but for the fact that this door is unusually well insulated and padded. Yeah, but is it, is it like the, the screaming ravings of a madman or someone in pain or someone was feral or... I mean, you could uh, you wrap all of those up and add a dash of uh, uh, necromantic malevolence and you've basically got it. So a harpy. Banshee. Didn't we find... Banshee. Sorry, Banshee. Banshee. Yeah. Harple. Banshee. I've blocked my ears with wax, by the way. Pardon? Pardon? <laughs> Pardon, pardon. Um, Very nice place, Baden Baden. Yeah, I'm going to uh, go. I'm going to uh, th- this well. It sticks up, right? So I could tie a rope around it and lower it down. No, it's just a pit. There's a lantern above it. <sighs> I don't know that the Every lantern has any particular step of the. There's a lantern above it. Is that attached to something? Is there anywhere I can tie I'm a saying, rope? I, yes, I would say the the lantern must be. I mean, you. Yeah, why not? It would be uh, a, an oil lamp hanging from the centre of the ceiling illuminates the pit. Tie so a rope around it, it. Yes. And shimmy down the okay. hole. Excellent. I've got Excellent. a detect magic running. I've got uh, see invisible. Yeah, yeah. Is there yeah. any, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is brilliant. Okay, hold up. Let me try and keep up with you. Down the funny pit. Down the pit. hole. It, down the hole. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, well, you shimmy down about 15 feet and you find yourself ankle calf deep in a relatively fast flowing water that seems clean i mean it doesn't seem sludgy it doesn't feel like it's sewer water it, it, it you feel like you've hit either a natural underground rivulet 
or a sewer that is near the source so it's not, you know, packed with shit. And level-wise, that's okay. bottom of the sewer. Where you is think that relative there's room, to the floor? There's room to, to, you reckon, to crouch down. You'd have, you'd have to crouch down, Burple. You're, what, five foot, six foot tall? Yep, something like that. You'd have to crouch down, um, and the, f- the, f- the footing would be unsteady beneath you, but you reckon you could get into that little tunnel with the water flowing into it. But what I'm the uh, way failing the to com- understand... Yeah, the, sorry, the water coming in to where you're standing is coming from a, a is gushing from an aperture that you wouldn't be able to get to, but you could go the way that the water is going. What I'm trying to understand is, is this a natural cavern that this water is flowing down, or is this like a sewer cavern? Or is it like it a pipe? It looks like a natural, it looks, it, you, it's difficult natural. to be absolutely categorical about it, but you probably, you'd say likelihood is that it's natural. Okay. And the water fills this pipe or tunnel? Or does no, it... the tunnel, you, if you duck right. your head down, you would be kind of sloshing along with water up to, I don't know, mid, midway between knee and waist. But it's not, yes. too, it's not too strong to knock me off my feet or carry, get, carry me You're away? You're not sure about that. You don't know. Okay, well, I'll tie the rope around my waist. Yes. Um, How long is the rope? 50 feet. Okay. I used yeah. to have a rope of climbing, but I sold it. You did. Okay, so 50 foot of rope, yes. And you start working your way down the passageway. You've got dark vision. Yes. Uh, Do I have dark vision? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Okay, so immediately you need to make a dexterity... No, give me an acrobatics check. Acrobatics. Okay. It doesn't take long before you, you hit a... 16. That's fine. You you hit a sudden dip. It's like the water park. Yeah, it's like woo yeah. woo. So you get about ten feet, and then suddenly it just just the the floor. Your next step, your foot just goes and keeps going, and you're like fucking hell. Brace yourself against the side of the of the thing, kind of tentatively lure yourself down. Then you're into the next step, and, mm. and on and on. There's some nasty stuff in this pipe that's obviously been chucked down the pit and hasn't made it all the way down. Yeah, uh, you end up. Uh, emerging into, you can hear, uh, uh, okay, well, before you, I'm not going to make decisions for you. You you travel about 50 feet. You get to almost the end of your rope when you realise that pretty close to you, 20, 30 feet away, perhaps, uh, it sounds more echoey, more open. It sounds like maybe this little pipe opens out into a larger space. Okay, I'll go back up, get an extra bit of rope so I can go a bit further. Yeah, do that, and you can make it out to a chamber, which I will show you. You emerge into a chamber, Burple. Let me just unfold a new map for you here. Just lay it out. Right, so what you can see, I'm being nice about your dark vision, um, but you can see a... um, It's a low-ceilinged grotto, Burple. Okay. Uh, It's completely flooded by murky, foul-smelling water. So the water flowing past you into this thing is is relatively clean yeah Mm. but this is obviously where stuff collects it's like a sump nice uh there are piles of drenched rubbish and debris should we use the english pronunciation and debris and rotting flotsam kind of bobbing about it's basically shut down all the garbage meshes on the detention level yeah yeah (laughs) yeah uh in fact let's say the lighting is slightly orangey uh, the dirty water uh, is flowing 
somewhere because there is a curry. There is a current. There is a curry. There's also a curry, which is okay. useful. I'm hungry. Um, the the water must be flowing somewhere. It's emerging. The water level is is um, static, stable. So it's going somewhere. You just don't know where. Um, there is a sort of. It looks like uh, probably a product of the fact that so much horrible stuff is kind of sploopling about in here. Mm-hmm. That's some rather unfortunate looking kind of um, gelatinous <laughs> uh, organisms. Yes, uh, are kind of coating the wall. I don't talk about not talking about things that move, um, but you know there is there is there are some nasty, weird, but you don't flora fauna. Who knows? Okay. Okay, that's. Um, and I can't something. see any further. That's what you can see with your with the extent of your dark vision. You think that there's more cavern than you can see. Yeah. But I'm just marking up on the map what you can see with your dark vision. Uh, your, your dark vision does reveal what you think might be an outlet to your right, uh, Purple. Can you see that? Yes. And that looks like a narrow, narrow pipe. That looks like it's more like the 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 the, the aperture that you couldn't travel up when you first dropped down the pit, where the water was coming from. Yeah. It looks like that opening is not big enough for you to keep your head above water if going into it okay i'll head back okay and report what i have found okay do you want to give me before you head back do you want to give me a couple of perception checks Um, i'm just being friend guide storyteller here first one eight okay and the second one and the second one if it's sort of different things well 11 is not the end of the world um uh, you can take this as seriously as you wish, but your uh, judgment looking at this um, sump of liquid is that the water is flowing away from you to your away to your left and out into the cavern. So I'm going to give you a mark on the map. It seems to be kind of concentrating in that direction. Yes. What I'm really Say saying again? is that you were trying to you were what you you were trying to work out where maybe where the water was going since the right. water level seemed to be stable, and it looks like that the flow to the extent that you can determine any kind of evidence of a current mm. on the surface of this stuff with little bits of horribleness moving about, you think it's off to your left and further off into the darkness is where that current is heading, and then you go back. So trying to yeah. get my bearings. Oh, I mean, you don't know where you are. Uh, th- that's the beauty of this. I'm very pleased with this. You're not sure, Burple. I mean, you've turned through about two or three staircases. You've wandered around that circular thing upstairs. You've then gone down a pipe and then you've turned again. Then you've gone round and you've come out into this chamber. And frankly, um, unless you had some kind of special skill which allowed you to orient yourself, you're not quite sure where you are. No, I think we go. We keep searching. I, we don't necessarily need to take on the banshee. No. But I think we... Always assuming we, it is a banshee. Assuming it is a banshee, yeah. Or a banshee. I want to hit something. You always want to hit something. I'm a barbarian. I get slightly... Got a nervous twitch. That's your definition of D&D, Johnny. Well, yes, I've got a nervous twitch. I need to bash something. Hitting things. <laughs> search, it, search the place for secret doors before we leave. Uh, is what yeah, you can search um, and you find zip. Okay. Um, I, I vote say, go back up and keep searching upstairs. I think fair enough to say that that's taken you 10 minutes. Does that seem reasonable? Burple's expedition. How, how far yeah. is it to Elagos's house? Oh, I mean, it's a, it's a couple... Mm, a couple I think of it's minutes. about a mile and a half. But you'd have to get out of the... 
you'd have to get out of the stadium. I think I'd like to go where Burple's been and do some more searching because I've got probably better search skills, I think. Right. If that's okay well, what are you searching with everybody. For? I mean, I can hear the medication in you. Paul. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I can yeah. feel your search for searchy stuff. Searchy, searchy for secret doors. I think home lines are given. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> I was assuming that all of us searched this area. Are you talking about going down the pipe? He's talking yes, about I'm going talking, down the pipe. I'm talking about going yeah. down the pipe and doing a bit more of a thorough job. Well, there's gelatinous things on the wall. Uh, mm. But not touching them, obviously. What would be no, no, interesting... Sorry. No, no, I'm not sorry. I don't mean down the pipe. To... I mean down where you've just oh. been, down the well. That's what, what I mean, be... yeah. That's what I mean. No, we, we both mean... Yeah, we, we both, both mean the same thing. Yeah. What okay. would be interesting to do is to map this out such that we work out where the where an opening in the ceiling of the chamber of the grub is actually in uh, relation to the scenery and the uh, and the stadium. Well, I don't think that I think I would be being doubly cruel not to give you a sense of that. Because it's not that difficult to work out which direction well, you've gone presumes in. Presumes we'd you, be mapping as we go. You reckon, uh, in a moment that will not, in a in a in a realization that will not surprise you in the least, Parker. <laughs> that area in the, the next to the, the exactly into this, the middle of the stadium. This circle, this this <laughs> chamber may basically be directly under the middle or there or thereabouts of this circular cha- circular corridor, the one that runs around the yeah beneath the arena floor itself so Did, yeah. was there not um was there not something in the arena i've forgotten the map wasn't there actually some some wood podium or something in the middle of the arena i vote we go up and continue searching i think paul if you want to search that that place that's a good idea but i think i don't think that we've got time to kind of all hang around while you do it okay all right well i'd prefer that we all kind of stuck together so if we don't have time, uh, let's go back up. Isn't this an interesting place? Because essentially it was hidden. Yes. Yes, this whole place is hidden behind a secret, secret. wall. And then with a big vat of oil to keep the smell away of the undead. So, mm. yes. And also a very heavily insulated door, clearly, that prevents sound escaping from beyond it. It looks like this whole area is set up, basically, to, you know, not not to draw attention to itself. I mean, obviously, once you're in it, it's a terribly terrifying place, but... Right. You're getting. You're heading back. Do we have yeah. a silence spell? I don't. I don't think you do. Unless you do. It's yeah, a cleric I don't spell. Think, I don't think I do. Okay. Let me consult my extraordinarily short list of spells. Uh, You've got your pass without trace. I think we just determined yeah. you didn't have silence as one of your Options, spell loads. Yeah, I'm pretty certain I don't. I mean, the other thing we could do, of course, is scout for another way in. So that should we. That's a good idea. Get ourselves eliminated. Well, that's what I think that uh, that sewer might be. Well, should we have a look at that then? Well, like I say, I think we could maybe split into two groups, but I think we need to keep searching. I think there's other other places we haven't looked. Did I say ten minutes? So let's say twenty past twenty past eleven. Forty minutes until midnight. So Paul, uh, we could maybe we give Paul ten minutes. Where's Paul you going? Do- Down the well. Oh, he's going down the well. Okay, we give him ten and minutes. Just give it another, just another kind of look. Tie Paul to a hundred foot of rope. Drop him. Well, let we can we can zoom through this. You tie Paul to a hundred foot of rope. You drop him down the well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll go down as well, and but I'll hang out at the opening into that chamber. 
So we okay, can... so the two of you are in this chamber now. You, uh, Paul, you've not seen it before, but Burple guides you um, firmly. Yeah. Okay. What is your What is your perception for? Six. Mine's five. Okay. So you're you and Burple are now. Burple's in the the aperture and the opening of this pool. There's two islands in the middle, one on the east and one on the west. I'd like mm -hmm. to kind of head along the wall of the cavern, heading in a kind of a northeast direction towards that island. Okay, well, that takes you towards where Burple thinks that another uh, aperture is yeah. that you wouldn't be able to walk down because it's too narrow and that water is not flowing into but out from, so contributing to the lake. Yep. Yeah. Well, you find it. Okay, and I'd want to kind of get onto the island. Uh, sure. The island is just it's just a kind of lump of rock that's slightly yeah. sticking out. Yeah. Do you have dark vision, Paul? Yeah. I'm thinking of doing a daylight spell in the middle of the room. Okay. Um, I'm very, I'm very sorry, Paul. Mm -hmm. I misled you. Water is flowing out of this little dark aperture. So you've got two currents leading out out of this area. Yep. I'm going to do okay. a daylight spell in the middle of the room, Mike. Okay. Well, you can see. Uh, On I that can reveal... island. In the the, the yeah, western Yeah, yeah. I shall island. reveal more room to you. It looks like there's a little um, bay, as it were, off to your north. Um, there is a uh, clear aperture that looks like it's tall enough, large enough for one of you to actually slosh down and not be immersed in the bottom left-hand corner of this lake, if we're talking about it as a map that we're looking at. Yeah. Um, and something else. Uh, Slubling about on the ceiling and clearly now taking notice of you that there's a daylight spell and you've been sloshing about are some weird kind of... Uh, as it were, they, it was almost difficult to make them out as part of the more general fauna of the ceiling. But seemingly sort of moving towards you very slowly are some sort of ochre gelatinous elements that are sort of gently squiggling their way towards you. Um, we're not going to roll initiative because you've got an opportunity to duck back. Um, they're not intelligent, these creatures. Yeah, but... If you feel that if you hung around for much longer, they might concentrate zero in on you and maybe start trying to jelly you up. Okay. How do they seem to move fast, or do they? Slow no, they move. They're they're step. They're absolute lightning. These things. They're famously these jellies are just super. <laughs> no, I mean they're like you think they probably move. I don't know. Ten. I mean they're not super slow. They slither and slobble, but they're not like buggies like a hundred zillion feet around. Right. Yeah. A turn. These things are. I mean. 10 feet something like that so they can slither away with the best of them but they're not going to catch you if you decide to avoid them is my point so do you yeah. want to avoid them yeah i absolutely want to avoid them um okay so you duck back to where burple is well i'm just wondering burple whether we want to take a quick scout down to the southeast where this what looks to be an outflow is that's the thing isn't it that's the thing do you want to take a quick <laughs> look or shall we go back go this is what we've seen this is something we can do later on well, that was the view I took last time. That's exactly that was exactly as far as I got. Is that I okay? I don't want to explore any further because there's jelly stuff around. Let's say it's well, it's twenty. It's it's half eleven now. Yeah, we said that we gave you ten minutes for Nassar to do this exploratory thing. It takes you a little time to rappel down the pit and then gingerly work your way down the pipe and then do a bit of exploration. We're, I'm, I you know, get cross with me if you think I'm rolling the clock forward too fast. But you've got half an hour. I think we've done. I think we've done plenty of exploration for the time being. Let's go and rest up, do a bout of stuff, and come back down when we've got more time to do this. Oh, we've got half an hour. I don't think in, we ever have much more time 
do we? No. We're always going to be in that kind of window between 10.30 and midnight while we're still... Yes. Inside. So we've got half an hour. I don't, we've got to make yeah, the most use of it. The impression you got was that it was about 10 o'clock at night, That certainly this, this evening anyway, if it's anything to go by. After about 10, everything quietened down. The guards seemed to just kind of not be particularly interested and the patrols and the lighting went dim and the patrols became more scarce, you know. Okay, well, in which case... Let's go well, for I can, it. I, if you want, I can run, run, a, run down here. Well, there's a rope. Because I move something like 160 feet around. You've got to make a decision. You're, 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 are you avoiding these jellies or not? If you avoid the jellies, then you can make a decision about what to do next. If you're not avoiding the jellies, then the jellies are going to slither them, their way up to you and you're going to have to deal with the jellies. What do you want to do? I want to obviously avoid the jellies. Okay, so let's just say that the two of you duck back up the conduit, back towards the pit the way you came, in order to avoid the jellies. And they don't follow you. They just sort of blurble about on the ceiling. But surely it's possible to avoid the jellies and go and explore this other exit of the yes, of the pool. it is. You'd probably need to collect yourselves together. Okay. So what we can do is we can go back up, tell everybody what we've seen. So we've got half an hour. We can get back down there. There's a exit from this cavern area which we've got a bit of time we can go and explore before coming back and resting up for the night shall we go and do that well yeah um, yes i don't mind going hay. down and i can run run down that corridor and have a look if you want i will actively avoid the jellies you head back alessandra you you lay out the plan they agree to it okay so we need to deal with these ochre jellies so that we can use this route Yes, you could um, try can I, and eradicate Can I use them. any kind of knowledge check to, to know what they do? Uh, yeah, give me an intelligence check. Getting a 16. Okay. You think that um, you think they're ochre jellies. You've heard of them. Yes. 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 You With my think bardic they move... knowledge. Well, I mean, no, what we're really saying is, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to be careful here. Um, mm. You feel that they are uh, the danger... Is that if you attack them in the if the, if you if you harm them in the wrong way, they may split into multiple iterations of themselves. You can't quite remember Burble mm. exactly what it is. You've got a nasty feeling it's something to do with either fire or lightning. You also know that they move quite slowly and that they're not very intelligent. Your you your sense from looking at the size of this chamber was that an a, um, a concerted effort to avoid them would probably succeed. As in, they don't move fast enough. If you were to, to, to set yourselves up so as to dash across this chamber, slosh your way through the horribleness and to the, to the conduit on the other side, that you would probably comfortably make it before they could react, especially if you waited for them to sort of... They've, they've rather collected around where they detected the, obviously the heat or the warmth or the life sense of, of you and Alessandra. You don't know what would happen if you were to go back down, but were they to redistribute themselves in the chamber, you'd be very confident you could cross without trouble. Bugraff, why don't you go and explore that other, that other passageway then? Well, yeah, that's what I was suggesting. I can just run. Yeah, yeah, go and do it. Run, run around. We can always use Bugraff as a decoy. Okay, so you're going to send Bugraff down. I'm running around the edge of the cavern and peering yes, down. Yes, so you can easily dodge the uh, ochre jellies. You find yourself in a conduit which you are, which comes up to probably almost up to your chin because you're a, a wee little person. So, am I, is that difficult ground equivalent, or am um, I swimming? Yeah, I'd say it was difficult ground. You find yourself in a the the, the water is flowing out into a into a little stream an underground stream that a human would be able to navigate 
with their head ducked down a bit. For you, the and for a human, the water will be up to somewhere between their knee and their waist. For you, it's up to your chest at least. How far are you prepared to go? Um, well, I can move 35 feet at half movement. I'm normally 70, so I'm 35. I've just uh, got a light spell, and I'll just uh, run until it looks something dangerous. Okay, or... it goes on and on and on and on and on, Buggy. You must travel for 100, 200, 300 feet. This rivulet, there is a point at which there's an opportunity to take a right, but that is into a passageway that even you would struggle to navigate. Eventually, after a lot of um, sloshing through this passageway, you end up in a, uh, a cave with a shallow pool of water. The cave is about 15 foot high. The cavern is empty. It's like a sort of teardrop-shaped pool that you've ended up at the bottom of the teardrop. There's a little island. There's a little cavern that you could climb up into. There's a passageway that leads off this um, pool that's above water level. And at the tip of the teardrop buggy, there's another little aperture that a human would struggle to navigate, but you're going to be, you would think you would be okay. You'd be able to get your head above water, but that the clearance above the water would mean a human would probably have to swim it or lie on their back in order to be able to breathe. Um, and that water is flowing out of the pool. Oh, I'll go up into the cavern. Okay. Well, it's, I mean, it's relatively featureless. It's just, you know, you can flash your light spell about. Yeah. There's nobody there. No other exits. Nothing. Cover quick search. No, around. the only exits would be on the other side of the pool. There is a corridor that's above water level. I'll try about that. Ten foot wide. You start stepping into that corridor, flashing your light around. You smell a smell buggy that you are all too familiar right, with. I... And from the darkness in front of you, you hear a hiss. And before you can move a muscle, you hear the rush of feet running towards you down this corridor. And this and these awful figures just kind of leap out of the darkness at you, Buggy. You reckon you've got a split couple of moments to make a decision as to whether or not you're going to face these creatures rushing out of this passageway, no, or I'm dive running. into the lake and try out. and make your escape. I'm going to bug out. Okay, you bug out. You swim off. You hear hissing and screeching behind you, but they don't follow you. Uh, they're not aquatic ghouls like the ones that did for um, Cuthbert, but they didn't do for Cuthbert. I know you always wanted to do for Cuthbert, um, Burple, but hey. Mm. So you can escape. They're not following me, I think. They're standing, right? screeching at the at the bank of this, right? There's a little passage that leads into the cavern with his pool in it that overlooks the pool, and they're not passing that. You can hear them hissing in okay, the darkness. So they don't really like the water very much. It doesn't look like they do, or maybe it's just that's the edge of their territory, okay. or maybe they're, you know... I'll go up the aperture, I may as well just... Bottom it out, if you, you know what I mean. Ugh. Okay, try and keep things. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, well, it's interesting that you should um, uh, decide to push your way into that secret passage, as it were. And um, if you follow that aperture and you follow the flow of the water, it doesn't take long, buggy, before you emerge in the pool that was plugged, the pool that is connected to the room, the, the chamber near the Cenobi, uh, what's called Titan's House. Alessandra has been there. Parker has been there. You've not been here yet, Buggy, but you have had it described to you. It's like an area where there are ruins, perhaps ruins of buildings or structures that uh, are so old that perhaps there were surface structures that are now underground because they're so old. And it's unoccupied now because you're knocking on for midnight. But you know that on the other side of this passage, if Alessandra and the others have told you the 
kind of the, given you the right sense of things, you just walk back to the scene of me. Okay, well, I'll, I'll head back as fast as my little legs will go and tell the others that it connects up. It looks like there's a, a network of sewers and natural rivulets and pools and all sorts down here that connects up everywhere. Interesting. Useful to know. It doesn't get us out, though, does it? It doesn't connect out. You I don't think that know, might be yeah. that. I, that might be that other corridor that has the the glyph in the ceiling. I think that might be the way out. That's a that's a, not a natural thing, right? That's a that's a constructed thing. Hmm. How do we get you'd past gone, the glyph? Good question. Spell magic, you'd, maybe. you'd gone hundreds of feet down that passageway before you found that glyph. Yeah. So I think that might be a way out. I think Buggy has wound the clock forward another fifteen minutes with his adventure. So let's say it's quarter to midnight. What do we want to do? Do we want to fight the harple? The, no, the to be honest, we've got yeah, like fifteen minutes, including travel time, to get back to our beds. Yeah, I mean, a fight. How long does a fight take? You know, like a minute, maybe, maybe three. Mm-hmm. Can I find a rat or something uh, using my seek animals or something? You can try and find a rat. I think I'd roll randomly to see if there was a rat for you to find. One to three, there's a rat. Four to six, there isn't a rat. Rolling a dice. Uh, there's a rat. You find a rat somehow that's wibbled its way through a, I don't know, a gap. What are you doing with it? So, beast sense. Touch a willing beast for the duration of the spell. You can use your action to see through its eyes, see what it hears. Um, I'm assuming it's willing. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, then I've got speak with animals. Mm-hmm. I can comprehend and and verbally communicate for the duration. Try and sound a bit happier about the, it. The uh, knowledge yeah. and awareness of many beasts is limited by their intelligence, but at a minimum, beasts can give you information about nearby locations and monsters. Okay, well, and... Maybe so that would be rat. better. I'll ask, I'll talk to it and say... Hello. Uh, what, do I, what do I want to ask it, anybody? Um, Are there any secret... Um, <laughs> Has it been that, beyond it? this door or that door, maybe? Its name is um, Angelica Rat. Hello. 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 Um, have you have you seen a big maggot thing? Green maggot. <laughs> uh, I don't know what a of, maggot is. Yeah, the rat sort of uh, goes back onto its back haunches and sort of goes... <laughs> and it's clearly not happy to, to sort of consider the whatever is down that pipe. So you get the sense that it understands what you're talking about, but it's afraid just the very mention of it, it doesn't like. Anybody else got some suggestions what I can ask the rat? Ask him what's in the room with the harpy. Oh, yeah. The harple. The, the horrible screeching. Do you know what's oh, yeah. in How many creatures are there in that room? I can't, I can't, I can't get in, we can't get into there. There's a very nice smells of some very nice <laughs> refuse and ordure. I would love to get my little, very prominent front two teeth into some very nasty things in there, but it's all sealed up, and nobody ever opens that door apart from the with the thing with the hooves. There's the big thing with the hooves <laughs> the that big, opens the door. The big thing. With I, the hooves every now and again, that door opens, but I don't dare go in. There are things in there, big nasty things, and worms, little worms. There's a minotaur around here somewhere. Is that correct? Did we see one? Eh? I don't know. Did we see one? No. Ah, okay. I just, yeah. Have you been taking my drugs? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Would appear. Yeah. Maybe that Well, way. I'm talking to a rat, so, you know. Maybe there's a statue or something like that somewhere in the understructure. In the understructure? Well, maybe uh, I anyway, just made it up. Maybe know. you just made it up. Is there nowhere else to search? Those, those stairs. I mean, that... there is are acres and acres of stuff to search. 
search the corridors for as long as we can. Well, you've got about 20 minutes. You've got to search the orbital corridors in the structure above. Yeah. You don't find anything. I'm not going. I'm going to hand wave any stealth checks, any chance of being surprised by guards. I think you're used to the way that this works now. Um, mm. You don't find anything. You can pad around the corridors, avoiding the the, the little refectory where the guards uh, that are off duty sit and play dice and drink beer and so forth. And you can start searching and looking, peering in little cracks, looking down little corridors, hoping for stuff, and you find nothing. Okay. You don't find anything in the small period of time that you allot to it. Midnight. Mm-hmm. Go to sleep. Go to bed. Biddy bye boobles. At the moment of midnight, Parker, you're all settling down in your allocated chamber in the Cenobi, trying to get your eight hours. The orrery, Parker. Ah, oh, <laughs> finally the orrery, yeah. It, uh... Oh, is that... Is it now going to align? I'm assuming when you sold the Heward's handy haversack, which you were keeping the orrery in, that you didn't sell the orrery with it. No. So you've been carrying it around with you. I mean, it's the size of a cake tin. Bigger, really. So God knows where you've got it. But assuming it's stuffed in a backpack or something, you feel it sort of wobble into life a little. I mean, it's always very slowly moving. Yes, well, I replicating. have asked you several times because it, we didn't we work out that it was going to align very soon. Yes, very we soon. did. We did. When was, was it, it that you remember? Super and Satnav. Uh, it wasn't. Maybe. But that's not what? a bad go. Not bad guess. It's not a bad guess. Uh, let me just retrieve my extremely, as you know, uh, this whole um, the whole cosmology of our world of hearth. Our universe is perfectly yeah. mapped out and organised. I just can't find it. But I will any second. Give me a moment here, please, caller. Uh, you're talking about the conjunction of yeah. genius and uterus. Ah, OK. And you will, of course, remember when this conjunction was going to take place. When? On the third day of misrule. Oh, yes, which is uh-huh. which is Two days three days time. from now. Midnight has just clicked yeah. over. You have left the month of Fumbulary at fucking last, frankly. <laughs> and you have moved into the four days of the Festival of Misrule that sit between Fumbulary and the month of Fart. And at the moment that Midnight strikes Parker, the orrery seems to sort of, I don't know, you get a sense of energy from it. Like, it's not moving any quicker, but it feels like it's got something about it. Like, there's a crackle about it. When you retrieve it from your backpack, it you feel like it's like there seems to be some sort of glow or inherent illumination very slowly um, developing over it, like it's getting itself ready for something important. Right, and then off to bed you go. Okay, interesting. Right. Can I do any kind of investigation check on it? To I mean, you just think that it's it's inexorably and as slower than the hands of a clock, slower than the growth of a plant. It is crawling its way around to the point where where it will uh, represent that conjunction in about, you think, at uh, precisely 2.36 in the afternoon <laughs> of the third day of this rule. There we go. Is that... So this energy is sort of emanating from the, the thing area itself. of genius and, and uterus. Yes, as they get closer and closer, I mean, they're, you know, at the speed that this thing runs... 
and in terms of the way that it's representing their relative orbits and so forth, they're almost at the point where they are in conjunction as far as the orrery is concerned. So yes, you get the sense that it's just, uh, it's nudging itself towards the point of climax. <laughs> we'll just leave that right. hanging there. Mm. And you take an eight hour rest at eight in the morning, well before eight in the morning, you hear the kind of the hustle and bustle of your fellow competitors organizing themselves. They haven't been clambering around in the understructure. Can we take a long rest? You take a long rest. Yeah, press the button. Press the button. Uh, They they haven't been, uh, well, so far as you know, they haven't been searching around in the understructure and swimming through conduits and jumping through pools and, you know, all that kind of crap. They've just been doing what, they've just been sleeping. Maybe a little bit of light sparring and a little bit of uh, exercise and warming up. When does Garth South Portal appear? Not yet. At about six in the morning, everybody else starts getting up. You're like, oh, we'd love to get up, but we can't. We've got two hours left to do it. <laughs> <laughs> two hours left to sleeping. Well, yeah. we can get up. So you, We're just not allowed to do anything. Yeah, you're not allowed to do anything. So you all kind of hang out. Um, there, there's the sound of the kitchens come to life. Uh, there's the smell of food. Um, there is the offer of uh, coffee. There's the offer of Lovely. breakfast, which you can partake in, of course, as part of your rest. Lovely. There's lots of chatter about the bout. I'll have the full even star. The first fight is at eight. Uh, that will be between Death from Below, which is the Umber Hulks, uh, <laughs> controlled by the gnome with jeweled eyepieces, and Dyson Desire, Casino and Pleasure House, now taking bookings through Apeshit and Mage. Um, you're on at nine, and so you're persisting with your rest. I, I mean, it doesn't preclude you from being out and about and there's a sort of weird atmosphere where there's a kind of camaraderie between all of the different competitors but everybody understands that only half of you will still be there at the end of this day it's a kind of big deal at about sort of quarter to eight the telebeer uh, appears in the scenery with ocaral the head of security and a bunch of guards and a couple of functionaries scribes Good morning, uh, gladiators. I hope you're looking forward to our first day of competition. Very soon, I shall be taking a Dyson Desire Casino and Pleasure House, now taking bookings through Ancient Mage, and uh, their opponents, Death from Below, up to the arena for their first bout. Uh, the Flayer Slayers, he looks over at you. Good morning. Good morning. And Newt the Sight from Orbit, good morning. Uh, they haven't come out of their room. It's still closed. He kind of looks a bit out of sorts about that. Uh, I shall be down shortly in order to escort you to the arena for your bout. Please make sure all competitors that competitors that you are prepared and ready for your uh, moment in the spotlight. Now, I shall return shortly. Behind him, squiddling over the little bridge that comes over the stream in the scenery, comes Garth South Portal. He kind of does that thing where he's behind... Uh, Talabir, who's talking to you, he does that eyebrow raisy, all right, everybody, kind of thing, without saying anything. Yep. <laughs> and Talabir heads off with the two sets of competitors Dyson Desire, Death from Below, and Garth Portal, sorry, and Garth Portal, Garth South Portal, uh, sidles his way over to you. Um, hi, everybody. Good morning, everyone. How are you? Great. Good. Good. Very exciting day. Only, um, what is it now? He kind of. He looks at the watch that would be massively anachronistic. But we are in a kind of gladiator movie, right? So um, only uh, an hour or so now until you're about. Good luck with that. Um, uh, where are your opponents? He kind of, he kind of, he's looking around the uh, the scenery. And they haven't come out. 
Oh, okay. Well, I'm sure they'll emerge shortly. Any uh, any news about uh, last night? Any any news on my sister? On your sister? No, not yet. Okay, nothing. You did have a chance to. Um, we started. Explore. Yes. Yeah, we did have a bit of explore. How would we a... get a message to Elegos? Oh, well, I can see Elegos later. You may get to see Elegos later too. I mean, I'm every confidence in you. But obviously, <laughs> if things should not go well in the next hour or so, then we can all go and see her together. I'll say to him, okay, tell Elegos there is a giant worm underneath the arena. His eyes widen in amazement. Okay, fair enough. Worm. And there was I thinking whether we couldn't find oh, some sort yeah. of cryptic message that Elegos would understand, but he wouldn't. <laughs> and, uh, That's uh, it. Oh. There's a fucking worm under the stadium. <laughs> There's a fucking great worm under the stadium. <laughs> Panic now. Uh, you know, but try, like try and get city. to Elegos without panicking. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna it's gonna ravage the city. He, kill looks, everybody. he, he looks utterly kind of um, overwhelmed and bewildered by this news. He knew you were doing something for you know. He knew that Elegos had he was there when she discussed why you were going into the arena. So he understands the kind of stakes, but that's quite a blunt message, kind of a <laughs> yeah. blunt um, warning of doom. He sort of takes a step back and, he says, and, and, my, and my sister any any <laughs> <laughs> and more importantly does we this think relate to this should, at all more importantly well, we think you should go and tell Elegos this right now <laughs> well I mean yes but I do need to be here for your bout which but is in you uh, need 10 minutes to get anachronistic watch again uh, well, I could, I, I could get back within an hour, I suppose. Yeah, hey, off you go. Yeah, off you go. I'll see you on the arena Quickly. floor. <laughs> will well, you, will he, you be on the arena floor, will you? Well, uh, yes, I should be out there because, for the bout, yes. And you'll be fighting with us, will you? As your man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't be doing that. Right, and he's off. Waistcoat, everything. Uh, and he sort of darts off, heading towards, you suspect, the, you, you presume, the elevator. You're allowed to... Con- to complete your long rest, eight o'clock comes and goes. The other two teams have gone up, and after about about, about sort of eight fifteen, eight twenty, um, you hear the sound of movement, and it is Dyson Desire Casino and Pleasure House who emerge with Talabir and all of the other functionaries following their victory over Death from Below. And who's face it? Let's face it, Death from Below were torpedoed by the rule about not being allowed to burrow under the arena floor, which was kind of the foundation stone of their strategy. So, well, Dyson Desire Casino and Pleasure House look extremely pleased with themselves. Their bard, Dweezil Zanfafir, is singing a little song about their exploits as they as they cavort back into the scenery. You get about another half an hour. And then Talabir appears again uh, with his functionaries, the clipboards, the Ocarel, the head of security, a couple of guards. Uh, Flayer Slayers, can I please speak to the captain of the Flayer Slayers, who I believe is called Bugraff Lange? Yes, that's me. Hello. And uh, newt the sight from orbit. And just at the last instant, the door of the little cabin swings open and out emerges this enormous blue frog monster (laughs) and this little wizened old man who looks like he's more like, you know, (laughs) he takes me for a walk. Yeah, it's like he's just sort of <laughs> behind it. It's got this spiked collar, this chain that goes Slug. back to this old man. Mm. Yeah, some kind of yeah Slug awful kind of frog demon. And this this 
this other little elderly figure who seems to be sort of basically been sent to kind of try and keep it in some sort of order. And they pad out and you kind of stand and balefully regard each other. Uh, Talabir runs through the rules. We're not going to do them again. What do I know about Blue Slard? Can I make an intelligence check? All of you can make an intelligence check. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Intelligence ooh. check. Rolling a die. Well, there's no reason not to. I mean, nobody's got any particular... Verbal gets a three. <laughs> Monopoly on knowledge. I mean, I think I think we can say that the... the, the <sighs> we haven't been paying attention in school. The target number Alessandra. is... ...is a challenge, but Alessandra... Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, 22. 22? What can I tell you about Blue Slard? Well, first of all, the frog wizards of Bonts, from everything you understand about them, are rigorously controlled and, and sort of super group of super intelligent wizards that practice amphibomancy whereas slard are kind of barely controllable weird pan-dimensional frog lunatics so what's going on there you're not sure but what do you do in combat in combat they tend to try and turn you into others turn you into slard basically right. pretty much all the, the slard life cycle again alessandra with the 22 we can go so far but not too far your recollection, Alessandra, is that the Slard have a sort of weird hierarchy um, and that effectively one type of Slard tries to beget other types of Slard in a kind of sliding scale of Slardness, ending at something called a Death Slard. And the Blue Slard is kind of relatively down near the bottom. Yeah. Because you're only seventh level. <laughs> um, that is it. The other thing that you know, something that you've probably forgotten because you've all forgotten everything, but I will remind you of, is that you do know uh, that Slard are born or can be born with a gem embedded within their chest, their thorax, that makes them controllable. And that your sense is that that must be what is going on here. That this little old wizened dude must have some kind of control over this blue thing. So maybe mm. the wizard, you don't know, maybe the wizard dude is a frog wizard of bombs. You just don't know. Maybe that's what amphibomancy is. Again, you just don't know. Hmm. Hmm. <clears throat> okay. But the main problem with a blue slard is that it's big, scary, uh, very resilient, and its attacks are not subtle or clever or magical. But there is a danger that if it sufficiently damages you or damages you in the right way... Turned into one. Yeah. You may be on a one-way trip to Slardland. Yeah. Mm. Slardland. Excellent. Slardom. What's Slard their reach? Slardston. Slardingtons. Slardom. Slardston. On the last train to Slardsville. Slard Slardston. <laughs> Slardston Junction. <laughs> Yes, you you may find yourself on a one-way yes. trip to Slardston Junction. On a one-way one trip to Slardston Junction. Yeah. So my Oyster Very card's good. not working. My Oyster card's not working. Yeah, try your frog card. This is a passenger announcement. <laughs> this train calling at all stations. So... If you've all agreed to the rules, let us proceed to the arena. And Yay. you're marched up the stairs around the orbital passageway that you spent so much time last night creeping around. All the lamps are now lit. The guards are interested in you and kind of smile at you as you go by. So if, if we walk really slowly, do the guards have to walk really slowly? Um, 
If you want them to, yes. If that's something, uh, some way that you may derive satisfaction. But we'll, Talabir... We'll walk really quickly and then really slowly. slowly. And then really <laughs> quickly, quickly again. Quickly. I mean, yeah. Talabir is leading. <laughs> Why are you walking slowly and then quickly <laughs> and then slowly again? Uh, training. <laughs> you have to do him with a, a little bit of echo on his voice. My <laughs> PA. Intonation is all about selling things and ideas, but not great for asking questions about irrational behavior. <laughs> I'm rather out of my depth here. <laughs> See how they speed up and then slow down. It's so easy to control the speed if you've got the new uh, Gladiator 4.3. So you um, yeah, get we'll... taken around this thing, you stand at the foot of the alligator, at the, elega the foot of the alligator? The, the alligator. <laughs> you stand at the foot of the alligator. Stand at the foot of the elevator. At, sorry, you stand in the chamber where the elevator is Going well. being cranked down to receive you. And Talabir turns to you and says, I am now going to flip the coin of choice. Bugraf Flange. He seems to just decide that you're the person, Bugraf, to make the decision. Please call. Heads or tails and up the coin goes what are you calling tails tails it is you may ride the elevator to the arena floor first and pick your ground please proceed onto the elevator platform and the elevator lowers you climb on you're winched up into the arena there's a crowd of 20,000 enthusiastic even starians very excited to see you winched up onto the floor of the arena. Let's just uh, unroll the arena map while we're at it and move you onto it. The elevator comes up uh, just north of, right in the kind of apex, the end of the ellipse of the arena. There are two circles marked out on the ground. One in a sort of circle of blue runes, one in a circle of kind of red runes. Yep. There doesn't seem to be any particular significance. Uh, I mean, the crowd seem interested in which what you're going to pick, but there doesn't seem to be any particular significance looking at it. There's no sense that they, these runes are magical. Um, I mean, they may be mildly magical in a cosmetic sense, in the sense that they're quite easy to pick out. They may be quite kind of well illuminated, but they don't seem to be doing anything. Where would you like to pick your ground? Who are the two guys standing on either side there are two circles. officials in black and white striped leather armor. <laughs> okay. Ask one of the officials what the difference is between the runes. The official, she says, only the competitors may choose their ground. Uh, the referees may not advise. Can we uh, ask which end um, Dyson desire something hotel and taking bookings till whenever we're at? <laughs> Thanks, Chrome. Dyson Desire selected the blue circle. Well, that seems lucky. We'll stay there. Yeah. Well done, Graham. Okay. Well, the elevator descends, and over the course of about the next five minutes or so, um, Newt the Sight from Orbit are brought up into the uh, arena. Uh, the crowd have already decided that they are on your side. You suspect uh, because of the alternative. <laughs> right. They don't know who you are. They don't care who you are. But they don't like the giant blue frog creature. They don't like the frog wizards of Bonds. So they're the kind of pantomime bad guys. Yeah. Has Garth returned yet? Garth has not returned. No. Um, Garth has had about 40 minutes. So he said he'd see you on the arena floor, but you don't know whether or not he's going to make it for the beginning of stuff. The giant 
frog is walked across the arena floor into the red circle. The little old man stands there too. Talabir appears behind the throne and Loris Rachnian emerges from the shadows behind the throne to a sort of mm, applause from the crowd, right? He's the kind of master of games, but they're not. He's clearly not a naturally kind of um, uh, charismatic man. Uh, he sits there and he kind of waves and nods to the crowd. Talabir stands behind the throne. People of Evenstar, it is, it is time, time for our, our second, second battle of the day. We will we'll see the barbarians. barbarians! Kind of points over to you. <laughs> from, from the, the desolate wastes of the Cairn Hills. From, from the dreadful slums of Diamond Lake, a small band of inexperienced ingenue, and in the red circle, the dark giant blue monster from beyond the Nuul Mountains, nuked the sight from orbit. The crowd like, You choose your ground, Talabir is standing behind the throne. Uh, he seems to check with a couple of stewards and he lifts his hand high in the air and it drops it abruptly. And there are two statues on either side of the dais that the throne is on, herald statues with trumpets, and they kind of creak into life. They point their trumpets to the sky and they sound the beginning of the bout and we will pick things up next week. The Billowing Hilltop podcast is a Billowing Hilltop production. Dungeons and Dragons is a trademark of Wizards of the Coast. The Champion's Belt and Age of Worms are copyright Paizo. The Champion's Belt was written by Tito Lietti. Music is from Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com and is used with thanks under the Creative Commons license. Additional music and sound effects come from the wonderful Sirenscape. All other original material is copyright Billowing Hilltop. Role-playing games are all about getting people together and we use Roll20 as our tabletop, the perfect place to host your game and Discord to host our chat. Thanks for listening.